0: Now, we are carrying on with our Literary Festival authors. As you know, we're partnering partnering with the Lit Fest to introduce you to some of the authors who are here in Hong Kong this week. And I'm thrilled to be joined in the studio by Miriam Lancewood, who has an amazing story. She spent many years, was it seven or eight years? Yeah, something like that. Living in the mountains <laughs> in New Zealand with her husband, by choice. Not because she had to, but by choice. Yeah. And um, so she's joining us in the studio now. So welcome to the program, Miriam.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So we're also on Facebook Live. So if you go to my Facebook page, Karen, on RTHK Radio 3, you can see as well as hear Miriam there. So Miriam, we I just have to ask you, why
1: did you and your husband decide to do this? Why? Well for a starter we want to do something extraordinary we want to have an adventure like an expedition or something you know and we were thinking of different things to do and we both were longing for living in the wilderness so we were at the time in new zealand every weekend i used to be teaching as a in a school okay and so you, don't, you week... don't have a background as like an outdoor adventurer person or well i was teaching physical education and outdoor education okay yeah So every weekend we used to go hiking and camping and all that. And then I didn't really want to come back on Sunday afternoon. Yes, I know that feeling. You often get the feeling when you're enjoying yourself. (laughs) right? Yeah. And then we said to each other, why can't we live out there to be really part of nature rather than just an observer? And um, why do I have to work in a job to pay for a house and to pay for belongings I don't really need? And so we decided to leave everything behind for four seasons. Okay. We didn't know it would last this long. So this happened in 2010, so almost 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. And so you basically just took whatever you could
0: carry. And what else did you bring with you when you first started?
1: Well, the idea was to hunt and gather. Okay. So um, I was always very fond of Robin Hood. So I learned how to, hunt, to shoot with a bow and arrow. And were you able to feed yourself? I mean, was that hard? It was really hard in the beginning. I didn't see any animals. (laughs) (laughs) So um, luckily we also had traps. So we trapped some animals. And uh, yeah, it took about six months to become a good hunter. And so the beginning was really hard. All right. So when you first started, did you start with the intention of
0: staying that long? Or did you just think, we'll just try it out for a while and see what happens?
1: Yeah, just four seasons. We were determined to do four seasons, yeah. We weren't going to give up before that. How did it stretch to seven, eight years? So after that year, we thought, oh, what shall we do now? We certainly weren't going to go back to the city. And we found a little hut on the coast. So we lived there for a year. And so every year we did something different. And in the last, since 2015, we've been basically walking. So we walked the Te Araroa Trail, which is 3000 kilometers in New Zealand from the top to the bottom, and um, after that we couldn't stop walking. So we found other trails, and that's why we went to Europe in 2017. So we walked around there for a couple of years. Wow, amazing.
0: So... In, in terms of the, the, I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask about um, the logistics and the physical um, living in the wilderness. What is what is it like? What are the, the things that are most important that maybe you didn't realize
1: before you actually decided to live there? Um, well, the most important thing is fire, <clears throat> to keep warm and to cook. And in the winter, people often ask how you can use a the winter, something the snow and ice. But the fire is amazingly warm. But that means you spend a lot of time gathering firewood. So we okay. spend a lot of time looking, looking, looking. So yeah. I was going to say, what do you do all day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the morning, I go hunting. Early morning, first light. And then if I'm lucky to catch something, like a goat or a hare, a rabbit, or the possum from Australia, um, then... We cook it, and this also takes a lot of time. And so, for every little cup of tea, we have to light the fire and wait till it's bigger, and and then you know boil some water, and that takes about two hours sometimes. Mm. So, um, so do you actually get into a routine when when you're living in the wilderness? Never quite, because it's always dependent on the weather. If the weather is good, it's a totally different day, and then we can go exploring and walk on waterfalls or creeks and go on the top of the mountains when it's raining sometimes we have to be stuck in a tent right and so if it's raining what do you do for cooking and you know how do you how do you light a fire yeah so we have to be amazingly prepared and pragmatic and ha- have dry firewood okay Yeah. But so then when we see if the weather it's coming
0: outside how do you how can you light the fire even if the
1: firewood's dry does it work yeah when a wood is dry i can get it going wow. but we have to um, see the weather coming so if we feel a change of the weather quickly get more wood and obviously you don't have an iphone to look at the weather forecast no no so you have to learn because actually you can smell the difference in the weather really when um yeah when wet weather is coming it's more humid yeah and dry air is totally different so So, um yeah you learn all these things so
0: your senses really get attuned to Mm -hmm. nature and you're
1: no longer relying on all the tools that we we have when we're living in in the city no, indeed. And sometimes it's good not to know the weather because once we were stuck in a tiny hundred-year-old hut for three and a half weeks because it was raining, but every day we thought, oh, maybe tomorrow it's good. We never lost hope, but <laughs> if you look at the weather forecast, you lose
0: hope very quickly. That's interesting. Interesting perspective. So how did you change internally as time went on? How did you, your, your outlook on life emotionally, mentally, how did
1: you change as a person? uh i think that you feel very small in those big mountains and then your psychological problems and all what you the silly things you worry about uh seems even smaller and they seem to dissolve rather than being solved by thinking about it and analyzing and so um my mind became more clear and with the, with that you have more clarity and make the right choices about things and also more awareness of uh, what's happening around and all that helps so it's Yeah. Did you you ever get bored? Did you ever feel, oh, this is so boring, Um, I want to get out of here? Yeah, the first day when we arrived, we say to each other, oh, fantastic, we're so lucky to be here in this amazing place. And then the next day, there was very little to do, because we had food at the time. And and then sort of the third day, it hit me, like, oh, there is nothing to do. And um, I felt completely bored and restless and i thought this is going to be it for four months you know we set up for four months for a starter and um, peter said my husband peter he's got some experience with this and he said you have to learn to do the, the art of doing nothing and so that was right i took about two weeks for the mind to slow down and get in sync with the rhythm of nature yeah so that was interesting i didn't know that yeah yeah and how
0: did you feel going through that process did, did you feel like oh, i'm I'm not going to be able to do this or you know when am i going to feel okay yeah
1: i didn't know um but i thought well maybe tomorrow i'll feel better i didn't know it would take two weeks uh it's not that sort of black and white but it does take some time to calm down and uh, i thought well it's well we were our own guinea pigs we wanted to know what happened to the body and mind when living out in uh, in the wilderness. Mm. So everything that happened, I thought was interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Was this good for your relationship with your husband? I mean, I can't imagine spending
1: seven years on a mountain with my husband <laughs> yeah. and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we are completely dependent on each other. We try not to fight and we try to be friendly, but also we don't have any stress, and we both. Really love living there, so I think that helps a lot. If there's no stress, there's nothing to fight mm, about, nothing external. Yeah, what did it bring you closer? I mean, in terms of your, your relationship, yeah, I guess so, because we have um, these shared experiences now and uh, we went through difficulties together, you know, externally. So, um, yeah, oh, that's good. So, maybe it's recommended for
0: couples <laughs> spend some time together in the world, yeah, and be totally dependent on each other, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. At the end of those those years, how did you decide that that was the right amount of time and it was time to, to do the next thing?
1: Um, so after seven years, a publisher asked me to write a book about all this, which came to me as a surprise. So I never thought about writing. And um, so I wrote the book, and then suddenly a lot of media turned up. And that was a total new adventure. I liked it as well. I mean, it's a unique thing to experience. But... Um, at the same time, we thought, right, we now it's time to see Europe. Mm. So we went to walk in Europe. Okay. So very similar, but I couldn't hunt in Europe because of the hunting permit. Oh, I see. So it was a different experience. Um, yeah. yeah. But after Hong Kong, I will be back in a tent next week. Oh, really? I was going to ask to you recover. What, what happens next. Whereabouts <laughs> will you be? Um, at the moment, we are in Golden Bay. It's in the north of the South Island.
0: Oh, it's back in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, back in New Zealand. Okay, so you're going to base yourself in New Zealand again?
0: Oh, well, we never know where we're going to go. (laughs) So you have your books with you. If you want to, you can hold them up for the people watching
1: on Facebook Live. So, Woman in the Wilderness, what what is that story about? This is a story about six years in the wilderness and how I adjusted to living out there and uh, the skills that I learned, the hunting. I also made, from all the furs of this, the, the animals, I made garments. And I made a mat and a thing to sleep under and, gar- and, and a jacket. And, and so those sort of skills gardening mm-hmm. and gardening um, and, yeah, walking is a skill in itself. Right. Walking 5,000 kilometers yeah, is that, pretty tough. That is. And how it changed me and um, and also my love for Peter and uh, how important it is to be with someone else, to share all this. mm
0: Now you have uh, a wilderness survival workshop that you're doing in conjunction with the Literary Festival and interestingly the venue for that is not the Fringe Club, it's actually a campsite um, in one of the country parks. What is that going to be about?
1: Uh, That's about skills indeed and um, I'm going to try to light a fire Oh, okay. and some people can try that with matches which is already difficult sometimes. And if someone is really good, I will give him a flint.
0: So you're, <laughs> See be, how that goes. so you're actually going to be teaching people how to um, how to survive in the wilderness. Yeah, well, we'll how to light a yeah. fire at least. <laughs> that's step there. one, which yeah. you did say is the most important thing. Yeah. hopefully it won't rain that day. As well. no, extra challenge, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing you're doing, which is actually tonight, is uh, it's called literary food journey. Um, that's
1: on at the Fringe Club tonight. So what what is going to happen in that? Yeah, we'll be some with some other people who know a lot about food, which I don't at all. Except I will be talking about what we ate. And if, we, if I catch an animal and um, I skin it and gut it and, you know, all the real things, and then we eat every part of the animal. So also the brain, the eyes, heart, liver and kidneys, and we crack open the bone and get the bone marrow. Wow. And that is just so healthy. Our bodies need all those different animals mm. uh, and uh, parts of the animal. Yeah, And when you first started that, when you first started hunting,
0: did you know how to hunt and also how to skin an animal and
1: how to cut it up correctly? No, I didn't. No, so I described that in a book, how traumatic that was and me crying and wanting to give up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, but we needed it. We needed it to survive and to keep warm in the winter. So do you think that, that anybody could
0: do what you did? Do you think that, you know, if you had to anyone could go into the
1: wilderness and actually live there and survive? I think so, because our ancestors have lived this way. And I really feel that it is in our blood to, um, to walk, to hunt and gather. Of course, not everyone will like it. <laughs> True. But I think everyone will be capable of it because uh, we're human and this is our history, all of us. And for you personally, what, what would you say the
0: maybe the top three things that you learned about yourself from this experience
1: oh I mean, it's a very things. deep meaning
0: deep and meaningful question but you know you know what, what did you really learn
1: as a person that if you, actually if you are dependent on your partner it's very good for your relationship <laughs> so i don't have to worry about whether i love peter i need him and he needs me and so we're very very happy together yeah. and another Do you thing think, would he say the same thing i, I don't know <laughs> you <laughs> probably comes up in more philosophical Hopefully. things. <laughs> and another thing would be, um, yeah, the clarity—how important it is to be in nature and to have time doing nothing, time for contemplation, and um, how much clarity that brings. And then everything in life becomes better. All the small things you need to make choices, even what you eat, for instance, and mm. um, and also sleep. So I'm a totally different person here in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> because I don't sleep so much and I am um, so much a happier person when I sleep more. Yeah, because in cities we're so out of our natural pattern of sleep because yes. of artificial
0: light and staying yeah. up late watching TV and things like that. Yeah,
1: and whole circadian rhythm is completely um yeah, and disturbed. What what do your family and friends say about
0: how the lifestyle that you've chosen to live?
1: Um they like it. Yeah, they like it. Um I can't keep in touch with them very often because of we have no technology out there. But I'll write letters and then when we see another hunter, which is sometimes not for weeks on end, but if we see one, um, I give this letter to him, it's always men, and um, then he will post it because the stamp is already on it. And then my family receives this letter and they open it and they smell smoke oh, really? because everything Smells of smoke, my hair, all my clothes, and even the paper apparently from the fires that you've had yeah. to make. Um, so, do you miss people though? Do
0: you miss society and being with groups of people, and you know everything that comes with that?
1: My family a little bit, but uh, when we do see somebody, it's extraordinary. We are just so happy to see somebody, (laughs) even if we have nothing in common except the place. Um, It's amazing to sit around the fire and have these uh, interesting conversations. And people are often so open and they have plenty of time and not distracted. Yeah. Yeah,
0: amazing. Well, it's an amazing lifestyle choice that you've made. Um, So hopefully you'll be able to... Show people how to light the fire, and that'll be successful on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and um if anyone wants to go along to the literary food journey that's tonight at the Fringe Club uh, from seven to eight o'clock. So any final things that you you would um, sort of want to share with our listeners?
1: Um I think, yeah, I think if you see that you only live once, I think you may as well live an adventure. and of course, it doesn't have to be in the wilderness. It could be anywhere. And uh, which actually means, you know, um, facing your fears and stepping into the unknown and, um, yeah, to, I always say, embrace insecurity. So, uh, because it's not always secure and it's not always pleasant to have an adventure, but uh, I think it's worth doing, for sure. Yeah,
0: well, Miriam, it's an amazing story and um, we look forward to hearing more of your adventures in the future. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. And we've been speaking with Miriam Lancewood, uh, author, New Zealand-based author, who spent seven years living with her husband in the mountains of New Zealand.